Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax-saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award-winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. My favorite topic, SDLT. Who is this from? Was it you, Robin? Go for it. If you're developing stroke flipping a property, is there a way that you can do SDLT? Mm, possibly, possibly, but it's complex. Okay. So the, the, usually the question is, because if you're selling property, you don't care too much about the SDLT because the buyer pays it. Yeah? But you only you only care about the SDLT yeah. when you when you're buying it. Yeah. So I'll cover some really basic stuff for you on buying property just to raise your awareness. Okay? So if you own a property, i.e. your home, and you buy a second property, you'll have to pay the additional three percent SDLT, okay? No way around that. If you're buying six or more units in one go, then you can choose to pay residential rates, or you can choose to pay non-residential rates. You have to do the calculation. So let's say Joe's buying six properties from Barry over here in one go, one transaction. Joe has the, op has the option now to say, let me work out the SDLT on the standard resi rates. Let me work out the SDLT on non-resi. Whichever one's lower, Joe can pay that. Okay, now let's say Phil's buying two properties from oh, where is it? Ornace. from Ornace. Okay, if you're buying two or more properties, then you claim something called multiple dwellings relief. Okay, this is a very good relief which will reduce your stamp duty land tax, especially if. Phil's buying one property say, for 500,000 pounds, the other one for 150 grand. You work out the average and you pay the SDLT on the average because SDLT works in uh, tranches. So again, no, I don't want to complicate it. I, I want you to go away, understand, you can claim MDR. Okay? It could be two different projects. It could be two different properties. Two, two different properties from the same person. From the same person. Yeah, and then you claim and two or more. So you could be buying, so for Joe over here, she could do residential, non-residential, and then also look at MDR, multiple dwellings relief, and work out which one's the lowest, and then she can choose to pay the STLT there. Okay, if you're buying property through probate, there's ways to reduce SDLT. If you're buying property that's uninhabitable, there's ways to reduce SDLT. SDLT is very complicated, very vast, uh, and the bad news for you is most solicitors don't fully grasp and appreciate SDLT. So always speak to a tax specialist who knows a lot about SDLT just to work out if there are any savings to be had. Okay? So we claim back between five to 10 SDLT uh, cases every single month for people who overpaid the uh, SDLT.
Okay, so it's big, long, complex. Happy with that, Robin? Yes, thank you. Yeah, cool. This one here was the big one, really. Limited company. Whose question was this? Mike, go for it. Do you want to show me some more love? Hi, Mike. Watch it. Very new and very much starting the property journey, um, considering the differences between limited companies and kind of personal ownership. Um, just trying to understand the kind of basic, efficient ways to structure it so that it is most efficient, both in terms of cash flow immediately, but also then long term passing on property owners' property to. And are we talking here specifically about buy-to-let or anything? Um, I'm looking in property, by the way. Towards buy-to-let, but just uh, kind of just I know nothing. So just a high-level, basic understanding of what's a good idea, good place to start. Really. Okay, cool. And do you own any any properties at the moment? Uh, in your own name. Do you have a job? I do. Are you a high-rate taxpayer? No. Okay. Are you close to becoming a high rate taxpayer? Very close, yeah. Okay, so in that case, we'll treat you as a high rate taxpayer, just to keep it simple. So you're better off buying properties in a limited company, because if you buy them in your own name, you've got something called Section 24, which means you can't claim all the interest costs. Okay, so we'll start there. So you have a limited company. For those of you in the room who are a bit more experienced than Mike, what are some of the benefits of having a limited company? Right, or for your expenses? You can do that in he can do that in, in his own name as well. But for mortgage interest, Alexander, yes. So who said that? Okay. Why do you say that? Yep, so you pay corporation tax as opposed to capital gains tax. The only problem, Gary is although you pay corporation tax, which is at 19%, the money stuck in the company. So if you take it out, you then got to pay income tax. Well, if, if you're buying and selling property, then yes, yeah, that's right. So you can take, take 2,000 pounds per year per person, right? So you've got, you can take dividends, okay? Mike, uh, which can be efficient, the first 2,000 pounds per person, Mike, tax-free. Anything else? What's the big, generally the big benefit of having a limited company? Why do people use, uh, forget property, just generally. Steve? Uh, offset all expenses and your VAT, claim back your VAT. It depends on what you're doing. So if you're, if you're making valuable supplies or zero rated supplies, possibly. But what's the real big obvious benefit, Joe? Limit your personal liability. Limited liability, Mike, yeah? So what that, and for Mike's benefit, Joe, what does that mean for him? Uh, it means that you're not personally exposed to your job, your household, the rest of it is not necessarily vulnerable if anything wrong happens to the so, so if anything goes wrong and, and, and the properties are in your personal name, you'll be personally sued, liable, you can lose your home and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And if it's in a limited company, you've got the corporate, okay, the structure, therefore it's uh, limited to the company only. Unless you are personally found to be fraudulent and negligent, which isn't easy to prove, and you're not that kind of guy anyway, so you've got nothing to worry about. <laughs> Viresh. Um, it's a, probably an obvious question, but what if your company set up, but it's got your home address on the, um, as the 
Uh, so you can change that. Sorry, what was the question? So the, the question was, if you have a limited company with your home address, and you don't want your home address to be there, what can we do? And the answer is you can change it to some other address, to your accountant or a PO box or whatever you like. Because if it wasn't, does that mean they can actually come for your... No, 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 no. It just means people know where you live. Okay. okay? <laughs> but again, you've got another address. Yeah. 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 I mean, you've got security, long driveway, big gates. <laughs> they can't, they can't Shaz get to you. Road, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Good luck finding it. Gary. Um, isn't most of that the corporate veil thing kind of null and void when you look at mortgages within LTDs because they're all asking for everything, all of them? Yeah, so if you give a, yeah, absolutely. So if you take out a mortgage, they'll ask you for a personal guarantee. If you give a personal guarantee, you're a bit snookered. However, Gary, where it helps is when you're doing the bigger deals, like Alexander, and you do a commercial conversion, for example, he buys a property for 500 grand, spends 500 grand refurbing it, it's now worth 1.5 million, for example, he then wants to refinance it, and gets between, let's say, 75% and sometimes 80%, uh, of the funds out, when he, when he does that, the lender won't ask him for a 100% guarantee, they'll say, can you cover the first 100 grand or first 200 grand? Okay, but, but single bite lets, they want the whole lot. So that's what it helps. So, limited liability, dividends, CDT, you've got, uh, you can claim all the interest. <coughs> then the other benefit for you, Mike, is if you want to give different class of shares, so if you want to add your husband, your wife, your children, you said future planning, you can, you can give them shares of, of, of different class. What that means is you can control how much income they get and how much equity they get from the company. So that's gonna give you lots of flexibility, yeah? Any other benefits of having a limited company, Robin? Well, can I ask a question on limited companies? Of course you can. If, if you're making a profit, whether it's from renting or selling, can you reinvest that before capital gains tax? Or if you made your profit from you rent, you have to pay capital, sorry, a corporation tax. You have to pay corporation tax on it, and then you would reinvest yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah, that's right. So you, you've got to pay the tax. Okay. So if it's, even if it stays within one tax year, you can't make your rent, you still will pay your... No, yeah, it doesn't matter how much. So, so you, you reinvest post-tax. Okay. Yeah. Hi, up the back, your name is? Hi, Helen. Hi, Helen. Hi, Helen. Um, if you transfer from the limited company into the SAS... You mean the funds? Yeah, and then loan them back to the limited company. Yeah. Do you still have to pay the corporation then? No. No. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Robert. Should I still use that up to buy ISA if I'm buying for a limited company? Deal. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a £500 fine or a £1,000? If it's a deal, it's, it's okay, but if it's not a deal, it's a fine. Was that a deal, Helen? Yes. <laughs> yes, it was a deal, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, if I'm using a help to buy ISA, can I still do that for a limited company? Help to buy ISA, Kevin? If you have a limited company, you've got property in there, are they going to allow him to make use of that? I don't think so. Kevin doesn't think so. Kevin Pineskis, do you have a view on it? Do you know? Yeah. Could I buy it with that as a personal and then transfer it to the limited company? There's nothing stopping you doing that. However, uh, if they look into it, you might have a problem. <laughs> so sell it to his. Sorry? Sell it to his limited company. 
Yeah, we've never met before, by the way. In that case, it's a really bad idea, by the way, yeah. Joel's yeah. not, not related to it. No. <laughs> Hence why it's a really bad idea. But if you're transferring to my property company, it's a good idea. <laughs> now, there'll be some limitations in terms of what you can and can't do. I think they can, that will be one of them, because you can't. You make use of the help to buy ISA and then transfer it elsewhere. So they could, they, they'll stop you doing that. Viresh. Very quick question. By the way, we were talking about the benefits of having a limited company here. <laughs> so we've kind of gone over there and there and there. So after you, we'll come back. So talking of <coughs> limited company, so if I was looking at, say, two different strands of a property business, i.e., so say I had rent to rent and I was doing deal sourcing, deal packaging as well, there be any benefit in actually splitting that within the limited? So that's a good question. And once we finish this, we're going to go straight on to that. Yeah. Any other benefits you can think of having a limited company? Hi, your name is? Hi, Alison. Just a quick question, actually, um, to do with buying property. Is it, does this, do the rules for having a limited company change if you're buying broad? No. Tax rules do, depending on what's going on, because then you've got to pay tax in that country and tax in the country that you're situated. But in terms of how the company's operated, managed, run, nothing changes. But the tax taxes. I've got a question. I mean, at some time, you know, you have a limited company. You can have a question first, but you've got to give me one benefit of that you know of having a limited company. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a corporation tax and the dividends tax. So uh, th th I'm coming to that question. So what Z, what Z is saying for you, Mike, is that the benefit is you pay corporation tax and not income tax, and as your income increases, okay, corporation tax is at 19% flat, although it's changing going forward after 2023. Income tax is first 12 and a half grand tax-free using your personal allowance, then you're paying 20%. When you go over 50 grand, you're paying 40%. Over 100 grand, and you lose your personal allowance. For every two pounds you earn, you lose a pound of your personal allowance. So when you get to, from 100 to 125,000, you've lost your personal allowance. When you go over 150 grand, you pay 45%. That's what you said, didn't you? Yeah, this yeah? So basically, th that, that's what he meant, as in, <laughs> do this, not that. Okay, so lower rate. Now you can ask your question. Okay. Um, okay. It's a corporation tax and dividend tax. You, you know, one throws a salary, and uh, of course there's income tax and pro and, and a corporation tax involved. And then at the same time, if one throws a dividend, more than two thousand pounds, and he has to pay a dividend tax as well, yeah. seven, seven and a half percent up to fifty grand. Up to fifty grand. And doesn't it I mean a double double tax here? I mean. It is, but it can still be efficient depending on how many people you've got and, and, and uh, how you take the money out. So the, the, the benefit, so Z's point for you, Mike, is you've got to pay two taxes, corporation tax, when you take the money out, income tax. Okay, the, the, the beauty about a company is you've got control. So if you make, if you uh, have the properties in your, in your own name, at the end of the year, the money's in your bank account, you've got to pay 40%, 45%, or 20% tax, depending on how much profit you've made. In a limited company, you only pay 19%, so you can control how much money you take out every year. So you, you might say, Z, I only want to pay 7.5% dividend tax, so I'll take 50 grand. Then you add your son, Ahmed, to the company, 
and give him £50,000, although he'll be earning a lot more than that when he's qualified. Uh, and then if you've got other uh, children yep. uh, or grandchildren, yep. you can add them on there. So you can control how much you take okay. every single year. So it gives you a level of control. In your own name, you've got no control. You paid the tax as, as it is. What age can you add your children? Yeah, 18. Mm -hmm. They need to be born. <laughs> <laughs> is that okay for you? No. What's the okay. answer? The answer is, okay, uh, they need to be 18. So have them quick. <laughs> 18 to receive dividends. No, 18 to add them as a shareholder. Well, when can you pay them dividends? What age? Well, you, there's no limit, but if you, you've got to make them shareholder first for 18, yeah? You can also use their personal allowance as well. You can use their personal allowance as well, yeah? And it's really good because uh, once they get to 18, if they go to university, for example, you use the personal allowance and the £2,000 yeah. tax-free dividend and even the 7.5%, so you can fund some of their university yeah, fees. Just to clarify for people who don't they can be a shareholder at 18, but can you hire them to work for the company? So, okay, yeah. yeah, so if they want to work for you, okay, at, from 13 onwards, yeah, you can pay them. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't pay them 40 grand a year at 13. It's the maximum. <laughs> How much can you pay them? What's the limit? It must be a limit, right? It has no, 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 no. There's no limit. It has to be commercial. So, uh, if they're they're working for you and they're working, say, ten hours on, on the weekend, and you want to pay them three pounds an hour, that would be acceptable. For so there is a limit. There is no limit per se, but it has to be commercial. So, if you said you've got a child age thirteen and you pay them twenty thousand pounds a year, it's going to be difficult for you to substantiate that at tri tribunal because they say, how can a thirteen-year-old be earning twenty thousand pounds a year, especially if they're going to school, which they, which they should be? Why did you come up with three pounds now? That's a big difference. Yeah. That's yeah, so 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 three pounds. So if if your child, Alexander, were to do a paper round, how much would they get paid per hour, for example? No, no, it's minimum wages for sixteen-year-olds. For sixteen-year-olds, it's less. Yeah. So three, four pounds an hour. Yeah, it'd be fine. Sixteen. If they're sixteen, then you can pay them a, a, a bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eighteen goes up a bit more. Twenty-one. Yeah. Yeah. At the back there, your name is? Claire. Hi, Claire. Hi. A director in my limited company owns a house which he wants to convert to a bank and then move into the limited company. What are the tax implications of So he owns a property. Yes. He wants to move the property into, into a limited company. Yes. We'll come to that in a second. Let's just finish this off because I think I've got about seven minutes left. So these are some of the benefits for you, Mike, of having a limited company. Yeah. One more benefit. You can do loan repayment. So if you, if when you start the company, if you put fifty thousand pounds into the company, that sits there as a director's loan. You can charge interest. If you charge interest, uh, the company claims it as an expense, and that could possibly be tax-free for you. We're not going to go into that because that's going to take too long. Uh, and you, when you draw these funds out, you pay no tax on them because it's not income; it's loan repayment. That's the point you're making, Rajya. Okay. Now, from having a limited company, Mike, you're saying, I want to go into, so here, let's say you're doing service accommodation, you're saying, now I want to do rent to rent, okay, or deal sourcing, or something else. What do you do? You've got two options. So this is to answer your question, British. You can have two companies, separate, or a third one, 
But the real good idea is to have a holding company up here, call it HCO, and this then owns all of your property businesses. Okay, and then you can transfer money up and down to some real weird and wonderful stuff, including uh, using your SaaS to really be very taxable. Thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple. You can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard. You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money.